Hello everyone. To some, this may seem like just complete rambles and talking to oneself. And that's fine, but you can also have a video podcast and show people your face. And then, you know, include them into the process and how you go about making all of these content and things and diversifying it amongst multi-platforms. But my name is Vernon, you can call me V and I'm gonna stop talking like <laughs> Welcome to the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. This is V, what's up everybody in the LA area? What's up, what's up? Shouts out to all the content creators in this awesome place. You guys are amazing. I don't know how you do it. It's, you've been doing it your whole lives. I just got to this place. I just got here. Like, this is insane. And uh, you can hit my subscribe button. Uh, also, you can find my new book coming out this... Hmm, I'm going to just release, give you a release date after I publish it. And, um, you know, have the final copy. I'm going to go over it a few times. And, uh, you know, let people know what I've been up to and some other projects that I'm adding to for the year. And, uh, oh, and you can find me on Amazon.com too. So, thank you guys so much. And, yeah. Yo, I must say that this... I can't even really even go into the process of what I go and do as a writer. Um, I also do this as a writer's room, and I always tell people and, you know, describe certain things to them. The point that I like about creativity is because um, it forces me uh, naturally and instinctively um, out of my comfort zone as a creator to be amassed with this ginormous uh, thing if you will. And this goes into the persnickety part of being a writer. And no, not as to word count <laughs> or to, you know, count up and describe sentences and dictation, dictions and, and you know, go through uh, the whole nuances of what an editor does. No, this is basically in the description of, as a writer, uh, how one verses or presents uh, certain things and elements. Uh, one could go about the colorful fashion as the way that I do so, um, which, you know, teeters on that one scale or pie chart of poetry, uh, which I shy away from just because of the nature of my messaging or uh, the things that I want to present to others and, you know, the visual stimulants that come from uh, exceptionally just reading. There's this other thing, too, as a writer that you, you have to incorporate into your writing and that I'm insanely confident that each and every person in this said room has a different perspective off top because you have your own voice. And so that is individualistically, however many people that is in a room, those many different stories, naturally and instinctively by default. And so the point of, you know, processing or procession and retention is to how you present it. What message is someone saying? And um, I, I, you can go and like miser on these things, right? Because I've, I've talked about them before. But the cool part about writing and, and why I led with how I press myself uh, creatively uh, amongst all of these other creators is because since the beginning of antiquity, since time, right? You have all of these different 
modes of thinking and you have all of these different messages and stories and you know myths and I love where as a storybook or even as a kid I was always appreciative of someone who could tell me something and make me make you know make it make sense and I wasn't truly there and only a few colorful people in my life at the time and even to this day can still do that and have me involved in something that happened I don't even know how long ago <laughs> but I felt like I was sitting right in next seat to them a passenger seat to whatever it was that they were experiencing and essentially as a writer you don't want <laughs> exactly that but you kind of want part of your your experience to do that because when somebody has that aspect they they get this point of separation of narration and this point of exposition and they feel like they're physically involved with the characters and what happened in their stories or what goes on in their lives and that adds more flavor and adds more fun and depth to whatever it is that that character is willing to do and, and we'll go into another podcast and talking about what messages people want to have in their stories and what that even truly even means and how people even describe certain things like this but i also want to like just like shout out to once again this movie that i had seen the other day and I, it's been a while since i've seen certain things and i always love it when i come back to them and <laughs> Shouts out to a movie named Boomerang. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really goes beyond the things that I look at as a spectrum or a cycle of things and how I'm inspired by this cycle of things in a continuity basis. And it doesn't necessarily have to be where I, I just instinctively come and watch this movie that many times. The year doesn't, you know, play off to differentiations of how I feel. And so I feel in different moments of me wanting to see this story explained this way and then I'll engage in it. Or I want to see something else um, explained in a different way, so I'll engage in that. And, you know, action stories are really good at doing that. But oftentimes, if I'm just chilling, I, I would often rather just choose a kid's film or choose something that's really good and interpretive so that I could see it and so that I can like look at certain ways and be like, well, you know, I like this. Like, I like that one. Or I, I like this about this story. Or I, I like that about that. It doesn't necessarily have to play off in the differences and it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be individualistic for each person for someone to incorporate their own life experiences and to identify with the character and to feel like they're involved with the story. You know, productions and voices, directors and stuff like this, they always talk about certain things, but they have this vision in their minds of how a shot is in the, the emotions that go along with this portrayal of a character. And essentially as a writer, you're not trying to do that for uh, every, you know, sentence, but Essentially, you want to have that in the back of this person's mind as a reader. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you want them to see what you're seeing or see what the character is seeing or see what whatever it is that your versing sees. 
And so this particular movie I was checking out, I was like, yo, this is fresh. Everything about it, the colors, the designs, everyone, like they spend money on it. <laughs> like you could for sure, 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 for sure know that somebody spent some money on this movie uh, to make it as glossy and glitzy and glammy as, you know, uh, an animated feature film does. And even if it's the 130 to 40 minutes, uh, it still has a way of presenting a story and having this relatability that characters can go through. And it's, it's very rare to have, you know, characters that are unique. <laughs> They're just off brand, to say that off rip. You know, to have a dialogue that someone else doesn't have in a certain area or wherever it is that you are in the world, you generally go around and speak to other people so that you understand what it is that's being said. And if those things aren't even being said, then you shouldn't even incorporate it in your story. But if you can go to a cafe, you can go to a market, or you can go to a grocery store and see or speak to people, they would generally give you an understanding of what it is that they're, you know, feeling, <laughs> a temperament, just standing in line for something uh, gives this, you know, tapping into this source of conversation. And this movie that I was watching was really good at, you know, developing different speaking styles and, you know, developing uh, different people from around the world in literally different skin colors and races, but having this relatability or these skill sets that other people from around the world could identify with even if it was in a different language even if it was in america it was really really dope because you don't usually see characters depicted this way and i was like yo that you know wait 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 hold up hold up hold up hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. wait 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 that was dope i'm like that character how did they do that it was amazing, and <laughs> I, I, I'm a nerd when it comes to stuff like this, so even if it's like mass with a great design, I'm already sold on the design, but then the characters have this sensibility of being relatable for uh, 140 minutes, like that's not even a long time to look into someone's life in an exposition and to see someone's plight and to understand why they would make these decisions or they, what do lack thereof of making decisions like it, it makes this thing of you know classic disney films and they always break it down and to who is the villain and who is the protagonist but it really was a good way or portrayal of you know this old school fashion mixed in with some new cgi mentality of feature uh written and drawn film and you don't really get that usually in this day and age. Uh, you get other types of films or you get other things that have been retold. But as a creator and as a writer, it shouldn't be that much of a challenge to, you know, create a different story because instinctively your story is your own. And everyone, <laughs> not everyone, but generally everyone has a story to tell, if not their own life story. And so to modify this and to account for all of these things in your life 
but not to make it an autobiographical unless you want it to be. But even if you're teetering on science fiction, how can you make this something that is a story that someone needs to read? Is not for the next generation, if not for yourself, look back and see, oh, well, I did this, I was thinking of this then, I was influenced by that then. It's almost as if you're creating your, yourself a timestamp and understanding the importance of these words. But then too, once again, what message is this person saying? Like, is it to respect all beings, regardless of what they say, regardless of what they look like, look into the deeper things of what they're saying, and then in the silver lining, you'll understand what that person's saying. Or, you know, with patience comes <laughs> great things, and that there's always something better on the other side, uh, regardless of how you look at it, and life circumstances. Those are uh, parables and things that people have often said that coincide you know, karmic and dharmic law, but I often find too that even if you're searching for something or you're searching for an answer or you're looking into this aspect of changing how you talk, there's still already by default you talking differently. And so uh, I just stress to people all the time, just if you're going and doing your craft, don't worry about the next person's art form that they're doing because it's not yours. <laughs> you can look by frame of reference and see who's buzzing and see who's doing what, and make sure your art doesn't look like theirs, but the level of significance and what you want to bring should always be your own. Like that's rule number one. In any endeavor, if anybody's looking for any professional opinion on how if anyone in the future wants me to look at their works or manuscripts and things like this, the first thing, <laughs> first thing I'm gonna say is like, wait, where's your editor? Two, is this published? Our non-disclosure agreements. Three, why do you want another writer's opinion of what you're doing versus me just being a reader amongst the all and us giving you this collective um, aha, like that was amazing moment or if there's something else that you're looking for, uh, you generally want an editor to look into those semantics or the specifics of the written part or if a story has progressed or not. And so I was thinking this other day and it ties back into the story that I'm working on in my fourth book and I'm really, really, really excited where this is going. I like the breadth of this fourth book. It feels different, it's like, totally different from the third. It feels almost like the second book, but it's, I don't want to, you know, say it's this or that. I'm just going to just keep going with it and keep rolling with it. It's really an inspiring time and uh, I'm just going to press forward with it. But the stories that I'm implementing are developed from the second book. And so I have this one character uh, by the name of Oleander and I, I'm coming to this realization of what I want to give him as a plight. But see, there's so many things in life that we understandably have as uh, explanation for. We have an explanation. This is this 3.14 milliliters and blah, 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 blah. Everybody has an answer for everything or a Google search. And I wanted to make something where there was something unexplainable still, regardless of the technological advances, regardless of what uh, people in the wide spectrum of things would be known. And so, you know, crafting this in my head and how this would look, uh, how this would even operate in 
this world and setting that I had crafted uh, comes as a challenge, but it's a very fun one. And to describe it in such a fashion, I can go and rework it and then do certain things too and have it uh, to my liking. And so I'm just like playing with this concept in my head of this, this character and then like having these epic battles, battling molten, you know, lava monsters and doing other different things right juxtaposed to, you know, regular life or juxtaposed next to the, these cities, towns, and refugees and the, the repercussions from that and how, you know, people are dealing with uh, almost seemingly natural disasters and then how the, the rebuttals uh, from this set character is almost not uh, unawares, <laughs> but the aloof, uh, mindful aloofness is I would like to, you know, uh, gingerly verse something that would be more concerning of his plight and then, you know, fleshing it out and giving some reasoning for his existence and living and his words and his temperament. Uh, it's really a a fun way to fashion things while looking at uh, this next genre that I'm gonna go into. So <laughs> this is V, AKA Vernon English once again. I will speak to you guys again. Hit the subscribe button, let someone know about podcasts, and I thank you so much. Peace, peace.